hello, and welcome to Nerd Out, the 2018 uh, New Year's special. It's the annual gathering where we uh, sit around a table, a worldwide table, and um, (laughs) chat about the top 15 or so, 10, um, whatever number you choose, the top (laughs) films of of 2017. (laughs) Uh, I'm Sandra Felcher. Joining me, we have got Reese Parton. Hello. And from Staggering Stories podcast, Adam J. Purcell. Happy New Year, a little belatedly. <laughs> it is yeah. a little bit. Mainly just because there's been so many films in 2017 that yeah. I kind of thought we would need to delay it a little bit just to give us time to catch up, because mm. this has been a great year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And something that you mentioned, Sandro, on one of the Nerd Out episodes is that in Australia, we get a lot of the Oscar noms around about now or February. Mm. So, 2017 films are really 2018 films for us. Yeah. Yeah. I have included films like Darkest Hour, Shape of Water in my 2018 list, so they're not mm-hmm. going to be showing up here, even though they probably... Shape of Water definitely would. No, I'm not too sure about Darkest Hour yet, but um, mm. yeah, I have decided to put those back into my 2018 list. Yes. Uh, it's fair. We I guess. Yeah, we haven't had Shape of Water yet. In the UK, Darkest Hour just came out Friday, so yeah. Uh, so what we are here to discuss, as I said, top films of 2017. Um, I guess fif- top 15. That's what I've got. I don't know about <laughs> you. We haven't really nope. <laughs> decided on a definitive number. I can do 20, but 15 is good. I think that'd be a, a more concise. I um, plan. I plan to for our 2019 episode to be able to do 15 or 20 this year I can do 6 (laughs) 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 I've had a very busy year a lot of bad films and seen seen a number of them more than once (laughs) oh Uh, yeah that's true yeah Yeah. this is the year where I stopped rewatching movies (laughs) aside from every Marvel film which I've seen twice in cinemas I mean and Star Wars of course there we go (laughs) obviously obviously Even if it's going to be bad, I'm still going to go see it multiple times. Sometimes yes. it's better the second time on a, with a bad film. You go in with low expectations mm. and you know what's happening. Yeah. Um, so shall we just jump right in? Why, Why not? not? Who should we start with? Usually, uh, either I go first or Reese goes first. And I think maybe we should start with Adam. What? What madness <laughs> and is this? And twist things up in this uh, spectacular 2018 episode because this is the year of changing things up <laughs> big time mm, okay uh, what do you think I'm up for it I'm for it uh, yeah well, whenever you're ready Adam, okay maybe. then I'll kick off with uh, I'd say a few honourable mentions uh, there's something like 60 odd films on my list <laughs> Jesus and anything in the top 25 really is good so we're cutting out quite mm. a few good films here so I will give honourable mentions to the likes of Blade Runner 2049 oh. Lego Batman movie <laughs> Death of Stalin, Wolf Plant of the Apes, Denial, uh, and many others, but all great films, but not quite getting into my top 15, which mm. I think says a lot about how good 2017 has been for films. Mm. These are great films, but mm. they're not in my top 15. Mm-hmm. But one it is, at number 15, Dunkirk. Ah. It's a, a retelling of the events of Dunkirk by Chris Nolan who you obviously may know from Batman Begins and all that. Uh, it's very tense. It's quite a spectacular edge-of-your-seat stuff. You, you see the, the timeline events from three different uh, angles, three different timelines, really, and they all converge on the final moments of trying to get the British troops off the beach in Dunkirk in uh, World War Two. It's uh, really, really strong stuff. Um, I'm sure it's going to get an odd Oscar or two. It definitely deserves it. 
it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's kind of feel good, but it's also quite hard hitting. Mm. So yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, number 14 then is It uh, the Stephen King adaptation uh, for me it wasn't particularly scary it's more uncanny I think sometimes even outright laughable you could laugh at It the character <laughs> in the film uh, more than uh, creeped out by it but despite that uh, it's a really tightly told version of this story it's really engrossing it and those characters are, are really well played it's, it's a wonderful package overall and uh, I was yeah. quite concerned about going to see because I'm not one for horror at all And but it, it wasn't yeah. anything like as horrific as I expected and it's actually really good stuff hmm. uh, 13 yeah. Kingsman The Golden Circle <laughs> uh, ah. if you've seen the first one from uh, two or three years ago is it yeah. uh, you'll, you'll know what to expect it's a very tasteless uh, <laughs> over the top spy fi <laughs> comedy you talking about <laughs> Uh, and, and this one that's a good term that's mind blowing yeah you <laughs> indeed first one spoilers <laughs> um, yeah the, the action is so incredibly choreographed I think unlike anything you'll see out there hmm. uh, lots of hidden cuts it looks like one really balletic scene of carnage it's, yeah wonderfully engrossing stuff uh, they're not at all afraid to go for the, the cheap joke and uh, it's all the better for it and uh, it's one to be seen to be believed I think uh, number 12 then we have uh, this one a definite awards uh, nominee uh, Get Out ah, yes. oh right yes uh, it's, uh, I don't know what you can say about it giving away it's again it's a, a sort of horror film although it's more psychological horror and situational horror I mm. suppose it's a social commentary with a very creepy edge to it uh, wonderful performances it's hard not to feel really uncomfortable watching it but uh, <laughs> you can't help but be drawn in 11 then on to populist fare perhaps but maybe not in this case uh, Logan mm. the first X-Men film in, in a decade or more which has actually been good um, I mean really good uh, <laughs> it's perhaps more of a western than it is a superhero film it's, again it's really bleak uh, is there something about 2017 I don't know but ultimately a very hopeful end to it uh, having seen only one of the two previous Wolverine um, standalone films uh, I gather this is by far the best certainly a lot better than the one I saw the, uh, the second of the uh, trio um, I think it's the same director as the second one was it really? But, um, Obviously they're taking that one had a lot of script problems and stuff, though. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Was that around the That's time? That's the one where the... he goes to Japan or something, right? Yeah, it was. See, I really liked yeah. that one. Oh, did you? Okay, <laughs> it didn't do anything for me. I'm yeah. right, but this one definitely did. Actually, no, I really liked the first half of that one. <laughs> okay, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number 10, uh, also a superhero film, although completely different to Logan. Thor Ragnarok <laughs> yes it couldn't be much more different could it really uh, again I have seen all three of the Thor films and this is by far the best of them uh, that, mm. that, it has that sense of humour which is somewhat borrowed from Guardians of the Galaxy I'm not saying it obviously Marvel has always had a sense of humour but it feels very Guardians of the Galaxy influenced uh, but it takes it in its own direction and uh, it is a great take on it and the character interplay 
in this film is what really makes it. <laughs> so. I could be yeah. about to make a fool of myself, but I feel like it's finally true to the comics version of Thor. Thor. Okay. No. I think that's the thing about, about the first um, Thor film was that it was picking up on the more serious tones, which are more mm. subtle. I don't know. Look, I don't read Thor comics. No, <laughs> I never have. Never <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Thor comics, so, some of them do take themselves seriously. Some of them are quite funny. Um, yeah. This was very much a Taika Waititi film, though. So it was mm. pretty much his own thing for the most yeah. part. Not sure I've seen any of his other films, but uh, also a great performance by him for the uh, the rock guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, number well, nine, Mindhorn, which <gasps> is probably something a lot of people haven't heard of. It's uh, yep. a British indie film about a, a washed-up actor who's detective character from the 1980s is believed to be real by somebody who's been uh, wanted for murder. Um, it's a comedy huh. and set in the Isle of Man, and uh, it's a very strange film. You can see a lot of it's taken a lot of influences from the likes of other in- 80s UK detective things mm. like um, Bergerac, stuff like that. And yeah, it's really funny. It's deliberately low key and low budget, but it just hits the nail on the head in a really wonderful way number eight another one which may not be familiar to a lot of people though it really should be uh, Free Fire oh yes yeah it's uh, that's a good film it is a, a great film it's uh, a very dark comedy by Ben Wheatley who obviously did a bit of Doctor Who back in yeah. uh, season eight was it seven it's really one long scene about mm-hmm. a, a weapons deal that's gone wrong, very badly wrong, and it ends up in a shootout, and people just find various ways to attack each other, not only between the two groups, but amongst the groups. Um, very bloody, but very humorous in a way that works really well, but it shouldn't on paper, I don't think. <laughs> yes. But it absolutely does. Uh, on to seven, a rather more mainstream thing <laughs> Wonder Woman. Hmm. Wonder DC Woman. finally making a good film, at least since Nolan <laughs> moved on. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not without its problems in the final act, in particular. What, you mean the one that's identical to the preceding ones? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the villain is weak, clearly, but that yeah. it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because it, finally we have a, a DC character you actually like <laughs> doing things you approve <laughs> of, and you understand why they're doing them, and. Uh, Gal Gadot was really given the chance to shine in a way that she hadn't hasn't been in any other DC film yet, including Justice mm. League. And uh, obviously, some people have complained about it being too feminist, or have you? Which is utter tosh. It's just a great character doing good things you like watching them do. Uh, yeah, I mean, Captain America did exactly that in the same war. Yeah. <laughs> he just happens yeah, to be a won. man. It's yeah. not feminist. Yeah. It's mm. just a superpowered person doing what they believe is right. Exactly. But for yeah. my money, Wonder Woman is a much more engaging character than Captain America has been in any of his films. Yeah. Uh, he's not a bad character, okay. but uh, Wonder Woman is, I don't know, there's something about it. I'd agree, certainly, for the first Captain America film. I actually don't really like that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all superheroes, not quite. But the next one is also, uh, number six, is Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. Spider-Man finally getting into the, the MCU. <laughs> And it's all the better for it. Um, I had nothing against the other two Peter Parkers in recent times, uh, but this mm. one, having comparing it to the other two, he just seems more believable, more relatable as a high school character. You can actually 
really believe it. And you know, again, it's a funny, engaging, wonderful. And that scene at the front door, there's only gasps from the audience. Uh, if you've seen it, you will know what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, any film that can elicit gasps like that from the audience has got to be doing something right. And this film is definitely doing many things right. Sony should have done this years ago. Number five, A Monster Calls. Again, oh, probably, yeah, yeah uh, probably, uh, I'd, this is the very beginning of the year for us in the UK. I think it may have been out in 2016 in some regions, but for us here in the UK, it was 2017. Um, yeah, I think we got it in February or March as well. Okay, yeah. So pretty it, late here. Yeah, I think it may have been out earlier in the States. I'm not certain on that, but uh, this is based on a novel by Doctor Who spin-off class head honcho Patrick Ness but don't let that put you off um, <laughs> it, it stars Felicity Jones who was obviously a big money at the time having only a few weeks or a month or two before this for us anyway uh, been in Rogue One and a mm. child actor called Lewis McDougall who I haven't seen before or since but uh, great central performances it's about really bleak stuff um, it's about yeah. a mother who's dying of cancer and uh, her son trying to cope with it and imagining a tree monster or is it is it being imagined is it real um really powerful stuff and heartwarming but you know it's i don't think anybody had a dry eye by the end of this film uh number four getting to more recent the other end of the year the last jedi star wars mm. episode uh, eight mm-hmm. yeah um i know somewhat divisive amongst fans in particular but um i don't know why there <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I have my theories about people going with expectations about plot directions yeah. Yeah. and it not being satisfied. But he, he really shouldn't. <laughs> should try to avoid it. Sort of <laughs> Definitely takes his cues from Empire Strikes Back. You can see the influences, what uh, with a somewhat bleaker tone, maybe, and even things like uh, the, the evacuation beginning, the, uh, the Hoth like battle at the end. Um, yeah. But unlike the previous film, it isn't quite slavishly copying Empire. It's just taking hints from it, giving mm. you echoes of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but this does it in a very different way. Um, some said it's a bit flabby, and I can kind of see that. But everything in there needs to be there, I think. Really? Yeah, people have complained <laughs> about Cantabite, for example, but that absolutely needs to be there yeah. for the character of Finn. Well... Yes. Everything that Finn does in that film could have been cut, in my opinion, even though I like it. <laughs> yeah. I think the cantina scenes could have been cut, but we needed, what's his name, Benicio Del Toro, to say that line about good guys and bad guys, there is no such thing. Like, the world's greyer mm. than that. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, my notes here, I say the black and white traditional Star Wars is gone with this film. Absolutely. Yeah. This is yeah. a, a much more mature version. A- as Empire was a much more mature version than A New Hope, this has yeah. taken it for the entire trilogy and made it a lot more mature mm-hmm. definitely um, episode 9 is going to be a spectacle <laughs> it definitely will be they've got a lot to do um, they've got a lot to do yeah <laughs> there's nothing you can really predict as well because we don't know I guess we kind of know who the villain is but yeah. they've really thrown us a curveball so who knows or do we yeah who <laughs> we thought would be the outright villain in this one uh, he was out much more sympathetic than you'd ever imagine and uh, it, at one point there it looked like you could go either way with him and uh who knows? Yeah, mm-hmm. Who knows where it go? It's exciting times, uh, but yeah, very much a departure <laughs> for standard Star Wars. Uh, number three, uh, Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I'm appalled that's higher than Star Wars. I'm afraid it is, yeah. yeah. Last Jedi... I'm going to be honest, I loved it, but it can't be higher than yeah. Star Wars. Last Jedi, greater it was, it is for me probably a middling Star Wars film. Great though it is, but you know. Minor reservations about Last Jedi, but I don't have any reservations at all about Jumanji. Uh, I know, Karen Gillan's in it. Uh, Gillan is great in it, they're all great in it. Um, she is. That cast... Yeah. Uh, particularly the main four. Mm. I don't know about the Jonas character who didn't do that much. He wasn't he didn't have any comedy turns really. Um, <laughs> but the, the main four cast are wonderful. Um, really working well together. Yeah. They're at the top of their game. And <coughs> I'm not a fan generally of The Rock, Dwayne, or uh, or oh, any really? of the, any of those three. But in this film, oh. they they really did um, do something wonderful. Um, they take that old fetish now of taking. <coughs> products from the 80s whether it be often TV things like Baywatch or Chips and doing a comedic film version oh, how bad was Chips I didn't even bother watching it I didn't watch either of those <laughs> <laughs> did that uh, one have the rock in it <laughs> uh, Baywatch did Baywatch was great yeah. but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I was just wondering if all three had him in it <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think so <laughs> I think Chips is Michael Pena yeah he, he does do a lot of bad films he says yeah it's a shame yeah but this one Above all else, it was funny. <laughs> um, and a surprising amount of jeopardy, too, for what is yeah. uh, a film set in a computer game. There's actual mm. real jeopardy about the characters not surviving. That whole idea of the, the multiple lives was really cleverly done. And, uh, yeah. and also believable and relatable character development. You just don't expect that from this sort of film. Uh, no. Yeah, it's true. It's a great romp, and uh, it's mm. doing really well. I'm glad it's doing really well. It deserves to do really well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, number two. Better. <laughs> number two. <laughs> uh, another more family-oriented film, maybe Paddington Two. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I really want to. Uh, yeah, the, I want to the see first it. film was a wonderful, wonderful thing, and uh, yes. they didn't botch the sequel. I think everybody was worried about Good. them doing the sequel, uh, but it's. Yeah, the first one was surely a classic uh, about a, a bear moving to a whimsical version of London, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but this sequel managed to retain the heart and humour of the original, um, but yeah, bring us more of that that magic. Uh, it's a film that, for everybody, it's got a bit, a bit of Peter Capaldi in it, not much. But, uh, Yay! <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, oh, he was great in the first one, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have quite so much to do in this one, I think. Obviously, he was still filming up Doctor at the time. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. They they taken everything from the original. They didn't mess it up. They've they've just made a, a really heartwarming sequel, which deserves to do really well and be remembered through the years. I think. Good. And my number one. Ooh. A- any guesses? Hmm. <laughs> well, I would have gone Star Wars. So. <laughs> Is it yeah. Murder on the Orient Express? <laughs> <laughs> no, although that is. I, that must be in my top 25 at least it's a good film uh, oh okay <laughs> I want to see it I really enjoyed Murder on the Express but uh, no um, at the one. moment it's number 53 for me <laughs> oh wow way down there you didn't uh, didn't feel the feel the uh, <laughs> ah the, the emoji movie <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that uh, <laughs> me either no. you good enough to stay away from it no <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 ooh <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was a great fan of the original and uh, oh yeah the sequel again a sequel that didn't botch it uh it continues and had more gillen it had, and it definitely <laughs> had more gillen more nebula in there and uh, yeah. which is always good 
she's in my top <laughs> two of my top three films <laughs> not that I'm biased <laughs> at all uh, but this well, no, she happens to be in very good films and some bad films as well this year I saw The Circle which wasn't terrible but uh, it didn't even get a cinema release in this country it went straight to Netflix <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, that was a bit yeah. of a mess. She was pretty good in it, though. I thought um, <laughs> she was. She did a yeah. good job. Yeah, her character was a bit cut about. There was obviously stuff that was cut from her character. But anyway, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, for me, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One and Two are very hard to separate in terms of which my my preferred one. They're definitely my preferred, Gosh. my most favouritest um, <laughs> Marvel films. <laughs> uh, there's something about that. That dynamic, that group, that just works really well. It's they they have that sense of humour between them. They have that sense of family between them. Yeah, sort of thing that we're starting to get in other Marvel films. Now we're getting more and more of the characters together all the time. But this had it from the offset, and it continues it. Uh, the villain, you don't even know he's a you know he's a villain, but you don't know why he's a villain at the beginning. He's very He's much closer to the characters. Uh, he's much more mm. relatable. Uh, he starts out very likable, and uh, it's, it's a great turn yeah. at the end there. And uh, yeah, I just liked where they're going with this, and I like to see where they go in Volume Three. I don't know if we have all of the characters left. Obviously, they're going to be showing up mm, uh, other Marvel films it. in between, and may not make it to the third film. Nebula well, we'll just ask Sandra which one dies, and then um. uh, Peter Quill. Um, no, I don't think. No. I don't think he'll go. Yeah, I think I think Quill is probably immune, but uh, who knows about anybody else? Yeah, I don't know. I reckon he'll go at the end of the three. Maybe at the end of yeah, three. Yeah, there's nothing else I can really do with him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he will make it to three though. I think some other characters. Well, I'm pretty it. sure most of them will go because James Gunn says he wants to do more in the future, but he wants to get rid of the original lineup and start introducing the other ones from the comics yeah. other characters yeah yeah but there we go it's my top 15 and uh yeah good list really good stuff it Fantastic has been a good list. year <laughs> that was very good list. you want to know any of the, uh, the, the the low points oh yes we do <laughs> what's the worst the emoji movie <laughs> I know you didn't see it but just say it anyway I didn't didn't see it but by reputation I'm sure it would be on the list uh Assassin's Creed again at one at the very beginning of the year so it may be 2016 2017 Gosh, it was wasn't it yeah that was 2016 Gosh. for us but I remember we talked about it mm. um, when we recorded last year yeah <laughs> I think it was literally the 1st of January here yeah uh, yeah terrible terrible film um, <laughs> so bad there's an example of them taking a franchise and just ruining it by money 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 by just <laughs> concentrating on the, the visuals rather than the, uh, the actual plot um, yeah mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the top films in my top 15 are very CG heavy. Even things like Dunkirk and uh, Jumanji, clearly, and Paddington have got a CG character, Guardians of the they, They're all very CG heavy. Oh, with those ones, they're done for the right reasons. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, when it's used as a tool, it's great. Yeah. But when it's using it as a crutch, yes. it's not. Uh, mm. Talking of which, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets also, sadly falls into a very disappointing I haven't seen that one yet visually stunning but nowadays you throw enough money you can make anything visually stunning Mm. Uh, I've got to say I'm annoyed at the director of that one the film didn't do that well and then he started saying oh I'm sick of superhero films (laughs) yeah (laughs) because I think whatever came out against it did better it happened to be a Marvel or DC thing and he's just like oh I've had enough of this (laughs) yeah I think it was Spider-Man yeah Yeah. well Um, that film was marketed really badly as well (laughs) 
yeah. the marketing was like it was like some high concept, almost art house film where yeah. it's just like this action thing. Yeah, space. dreadful, dreadfully characters. Uh, really unsympathetic. <laughs> you just want to kill them. Uh, but the, the, <laughs> the first the first few minutes are really good. You have this montage of uh, uh. space travel progress. Really good stuff. And then it just no dives, no dives completely. <laughs> also. Another honourable, dishonourable mention, I should say. Um, this isn't actually a film, but it premiered here for us in the cinema on the IMAX, of all things. <laughs> I know what this is. In, Inhumans. The first two episodes of Inhumans were put out at the, in the IMAX here. And well, you went and saw it? It was just dreadful. I did go see it, yeah. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. I heard it wasn't great, <laughs> but I had to go see it for myself, and it was really terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, it's clearly setting up a, uh, a series, and maybe if you'd watched it, you know, once a week no. as part of an ongoing series, it no. might be okay. But no. probably not. <laughs> no, I did. As a standalone bad. film event, oh, I why? forgot it existed. <laughs> yeah, really, really bad. What a tragic death those characters died because they were going to have a film, and then it was downgraded to a TV show, and they said no, but we'll release it in the cinema. Yeah. But ugh. so so. Disappointing. What were they I haven't seen any up? of it. Okay, <laughs> it must get better. It surely must get better. <laughs> no, no, it gets it really? gets funnier, but it doesn't get better. Okay, <laughs> funnier in a, the room sense. Oh, yes. funnier in <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yes, yeah. that type of funny. Oh no. Well, there we go. Uh, that was twenty seventeen. That goes to show Marvel isn't perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most of the time they are, but um. yeah. Oddly, yeah. DC are better on TV than Marvel, and the other way around in films. I don't know why. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, oh yeah, the defenders of Luke Cage and Iron Fist were all pretty naff, but yeah. All right, uh, I think we'll pass it on to you, Reese. What did you think of 2017? Well, I thought 2017 was shit. Oh, wait, the movies, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's been a great year for films, and I've had an incredibly busy year, so I've got basically a great year to catch up on them, too, coming up this year. (laughs) But um, I'm going to go through my list of six films I have seen and then go through a list of films that um, I really, really want to, some of which I have my hands on and just need the time to watch. But starting at number six is Justice League. Oh. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I enjoyed it. Um, it suffered a lot from the two different directors and from uh, one of those directors not ever doing any research on comic books. Uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder, <laughs> namely. Well, given um, one has written comic books, I think we can guess which one that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it also suffered from not really having Superman in it at all, even the moments when he was in it, because Henry Cavill isn't playing Superman, I'm sorry to say. He's doing an okay performance, but... So his top lip wasn't there. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Look, I enjoyed the cast. I enjoyed the music. Other than that, it was pretty damn average. And it's a shame, because this is <laughs> this should have been the Avengers for... It should have been yeah. something that good and that amazing for these characters. Yeah. Um, and that it just goes to show that how disappointing it was because Jumanji is my next film. <laughs> but that being said, Jumanji does everything right. It's got great characters, which yeah. do a lot for... Like, who was it? On your episode of Nerd Out, where you reviewed it, Sandro, someone pointed mm. out that subtle things like Jack Black 
being the character that the ditzy kind of all about the looks mm, vain yeah. kind of character chose is kind of great for representation yes. in terms of transgendered stuff and stuff like that and it's subtle but it works in terms of mm. representation the humour is, is a little bit of everything there's some subtle stuff there's some right in your face stuff with <laughs> cake mm. um, yeah. Karen Gillan is outstanding in this in yeah ways that you wouldn't expect like if you look at if this was the only film of hers you'd see you might think it's an average performance but comparing it to other stuff she's really come out of the I don't know what metaphor to use but she's doing a really good job (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I am a big fan of The Rock so I'm just going to say that whatever he does I'm genuinely a big fan even though the films often suck he's great in them Um, Kevin Hart I haven't seen much of but I really liked him and I just I think it was really strong it was really funny and something that I really liked was that it just worked I was one of those cynical people saying but Robin Williams was in the last one and he was one of my favourite people ever how am I going to like this by them making a good movie is how I was going to like it and they did that um, I thought it would be a sort of Baywatchy kind of there for the laughs but not much else sort Baywatch of film. was good <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm going to defend Baywatch in the that I actually really enjoyed it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I based that on the trailer. I haven't seen Baywatch, but no. they obviously just went for the best jokes. The trailer um, was awful. Yeah, yeah, anyway, I just I thought it would have been your stereotypical gross-out <laughs> American joke, humour, whatever. <laughs> you know, average kind of film, but there was so much more in it. Plus, also, like Adam said, the video game aspect of it was great, and the limited lives aspect was great because I thought Mm. gosh this is basically Mm, taking Karen Gillan and Amy's Choice the episode and putting it on the big screen Mm. Um, but they had three lives and they tricked you with it I was counting as much as I could but I did forget that one of them had an extra life and could survive me too Um, yeah and uh, it was clever so I do appreciate it Uh, moving on to my next film Mm. is uh, number four is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 I need to watch this one again because I had one. Of the, I had a very torturous viewing experience with it. It was during a very busy period, and I was very stressed with study and just a lot of things going on. And I thought I need to get my brain a rest. I want to watch something good, but then every half an hour I would get a phone call or something, and it just distracted me. And actually, I had to stop and leave the house to go and do something halfway through it and catch the rest of it the next day. So my view of it is that it's a disjointed film, but I know that's my viewing of it as opposed to the actual film itself. But from what I remember, everything you were saying, Adam, about the ensemble being great in terms of the characters and acting Mm. is true. Um, I love James Gunn for his ability to write these characters. He clearly loves them a lot and is being very true to them. Um, I did think the ending became a bit convoluted but that was when I was the most interrupted so like I said I'm going to watch <laughs> it again um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the best or, or yeah one of the best ensembles out of the Marvel Universe and that's what elevates this above some other stuff but like I said my view of it is that it's disjointed but I don't know if that's actually the film or my experience with it so I'll get back to you on that one <laughs> uh, moving on to my next film another Marvel film Uh it's Thor Ragnarok at number three Um, this was brilliance (laughs) Um, the colours were quirky the characters were even quirkier and people complain about humour in um, cinema these days but this just had the perfect balance of humour and I feel like that's very much Taika Waitiki he's such a funny guy Um, 
Chris Hemsworth got to play a version of Thor that I hadn't seen and I also really enjoyed. Mm. I think I thought people would have complained about Valkyrie a bit, but they actually didn't. I thought like you know the people complaining about feminism from Wonder Woman. I thought they would have had a go at her, but they kind of made fun of the people who would make fun of that in the film when Thor meets her and says, I think it's great that we have a, a legion of female warriors. It's about time, you know? And <laughs> it's kind of making fun of both sides of the argument yeah. and kind of hung a lantern on it saying, we get it. We're writing a strong female character that's going to send some people mad and make some people really happy. Um, but it was, just, it was a really good film. Everything just ties in wonderfully together. Um, one of my favourite moments, and it has such a great payoff, is Des and Troy <laughs> at the end of it, um, even if Carl Urban was a bit underused. Um, but yes, I, oh, also, my biggest criticism is the killing of, the, of Zach Levi's character and everyone else. Yeah. I know why, because he's playing Shazam, but I thought that was a bit too offhand. Yeah. Um, everything else I really, really enjoy. Um, I've got such a superhero field list here because the next film of mine at number two is Wonder Woman Um, not too much more could be said about this I think everyone is on top of their games for this Uh, it upstages everything else in the cinematic version of DC Mm -hmm. the TV shows are just fantastic but in terms of cinema this was just almost everything done right Um, I do have criticisms for the I suppose it's the art style of the final boss battles that they're choosing to have because they're all similar you blow up something so there's a lot of burning in the background and smoke (laughs) so that you can clearly put your main actors on a CGI green screen set and just have them fight each other as opposed to incorporate them into a real life environment. That's getting a bit tiresome. It's also often done at night so you don't Mm -hmm. have to show much either. It makes sense but it's, like I said, it's getting tiresome. Apart from that, the rest of the film is absolutely stunning. The colours are amazing and the, the sets and the way Patty Jenkins captured those are amazing but then you get down to things like the story of Wonder Woman is such a great story and they chose a great way to tell it and Gal Gadot is truly magnificent Mm -hmm. also Chris Pine who I really like I was typecasting him as kind of the Kirk character (laughs) I feel like he got out of this out of that in this film because he started becoming bumbling again and that's one of my favorite moments in the first Star Trek is when um, he's been injected and his hands get big and stuff (laughs) like that and he's bumbling but then in stuff like um, even Into Darkness he became the stern serious leader and I feel like he's just stronger when he's got a little bit of a weakness and a bit of a bumbling nature as well as the good heart and he plays that very well and so He was very good as Steve Trevor. And I'm going to let you guess what my number one film is. The Emoji Movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> TJ Miller was outstanding. Is he in that? Um, no. <laughs> to be sure, he would do a Star Wars. Star Wars The Last Jedi. But yeah, you can't... I don't think you can um, compare Star Wars movies to much else just based on the nostalgia. And that's, I think, where a lot of people have problems with this film. It is making a clean slate. Yeah. Um, Spoilers, it is quite new, so um, just know that this is my number one film of the year. Now I'm going to go into a bit of detail so you can skip to Sandra's list. Behind the scenes stuff is what makes some of this film questionable in that they killed Leia. I mean, killed Luke instead of Leia. Yeah. I mean, obviously they, w- they wouldn't have known that Carrie was going to die, and I no. think that um, it was Rob who said on Nerd Out, I'm jumping between podcasts yeah. here, <laughs> that it would have been great if she had the Admiral Holdo moment. And yep. flew the ship into the fleet. Yeah. Um, 
but again they wouldn't have known that they couldn't <coughs> have known that it's just unfortunate external stuff that um yeah. affects it but that those are my major quibbles are that sometimes it felt like here's something you're familiar with we're going to throw it out the window literally in the case of akbar um illustration <laughs> <laughs> um then like i said the behind the scenes stuff affects it but other than that i think this film for me is actually probably the strongest star wars film in terms of plotting and things like that <gasps> yes i do um i think it's really hard to compare it to the original just because there's so much nostalgia there yeah. and because it just it does so much right but again if you think of george lucas's dialogue even that one <laughs> suffers um, but this one i i don't know i think it could be because it's the newest because i was saying similar things to rogue one which i still adore mm. but it's just very different and it's very well-made film but um i don't know it could be because it's the newest although i don't think solo is going to knock it off its perch um <laughs> that being said i'm looking forward to that i've got higher hopes than a lot of other people but anyway cautiously yeah. optimistic <laughs> the last jedi is my favorite film of the year and one of my favorite star wars films oh fantastic yeah, yeah. um yeah i don't know where i'd put last jedi in terms of all the other films i think it's probably the third best one better than return of the jedi and force awakens but yeah. probably below four and five probably yeah. or maybe on par yeah. i don't know i will say this yeah People complain that there's more humour in this than other ones. I don't think so. No. Just look at Yoda in Return of the Jedi. He was weird and senile, but brilliant. And also, there is more of everything in this film because it's the longest Star Wars (laughs) film. So there's going to be more of absolutely everything. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I will take over then. Um, I'm going to start off with worst film of the year so we can end on a high note. Um, Okay. Yeah, good. Uh, worst film of the year I put this out on Facebook and um, a lot of people had uh, I guess issues with my worst films of the year list because there was one or two that they liked but no one disagreed with my number one choice Star Wars which no. was Pirates of the Caribbean 5 uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales didn't bother. film that didn't has bother. absolutely no right to exist <laughs> yeah. um, because it's five years after four which made a lot of money mm. um, so it doesn't really make sense why you'd wait five years to make the next one it doesn't really pick... It doesn't make it a trilogy. This is kind of like a soft reboot. It introduces a new cast that aren't that great. They're pretty much the same thing as the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know why this is a franchise. No. Um, no. The first one's good. The second one's okay. Third one's got some good moments. Um, Third one is one, crap. <laughs> don't think I bothered. Yeah, it's After two. Four. Three is just way too long. Isn't it like three yeah. hours for a comedy? So bad. Anyway, that's my the favorite film of, favorite um, bit yeah. of the third one. The only one that I find worth watching is the bit on the island or whatever it is, where the camera swoops around. They're clearly in a helicopter or using a drone or whatever, and you've got Davy Jones <clears> and <throat> all the bad guys on one side, and then Jack and is it Will and Elizabeth walking towards them. That's a cool mm, scene. That was but cool other scene. than that, and the fleets in the background. That's a really cool epic shot. But other than that. It, I yeah. hate the third one. <laughs> oh, and the stupid post-credit sequence on Dead Man Tell No Tales is one of the worst things I have ever seen. I might I spoil didn't even it. See that? Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Yeah, do it. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> Davy Jones shows up. What? Wait, what? He's dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Squid Man returns and goes okay. and haunts Will in his sleep. Like, it's so bad. Um, but the only two films I like are the first and the fourth one, and I know that's controversial. People hate the fourth one, but fight me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I haven't seen it since it came out. I think I might need to rewatch it um, once I get over this one. Um, I guarantee yeah, you, it's better than this one. At least, oh yeah, but of course, most of them are yeah. apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, this is the worst one out of all of them. Um, so, uh, so I'm looking at the rest of my list. It's about 75 <laughs> films long. I've seen yeah. everything that I have wanted to see. There's a lot of films Jesus near the Christ. end of the list that I stopped watching halfway through, like uh, Gomen in Style, Lego Ninjago. Um, yeah. Ghost in the Shell. I just got bored of them and went, there's better versions of this house, you know, out there that I can watch instead. Um, but in terms of my top 50, every single film in this list I would recommend. Um, they're all really good for completely different reasons. Um, I guess this is honourable mentions, like, it, my number 50 choice is The Hitman's Bodyguard, which is a lot of fun. It's very shallow, but it's a lot yeah. of fun. The, it's the same Reynolds with, like, and, uh, Samuel, uh, Samuel, Samuel Jackson, Jackson, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, oh god, I want to see that. <laughs> um, Kong was really good as well. I enjoyed Alien for the most part. It's got some weird stuff in there, but I had a lot of fun with it. I just had a random thought. Sorry to jump back, but imagine um, Hitman's Bodyguard being <laughs> a story of Deadpool and Nick Fury <laughs> working together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's how I watched it. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's actually how I watched it. I went, this is these Fantastic. characters crossing over. <laughs> and it works. It really works like that, which is the best part. Um, what else? I guess Kingsman, Golden Circle. I just I don't know what it was. I think it's because I've been a big fan of the comic before uh, the film, the original yeah. film, and so for them to basically do something that doesn't really, it's a very simple story. The mm-hmm. first one's pretty simple as well, but there's a lot of iconic moments in the first one that they just don't get in the second one. Also, that <laughs> there's a really awkward sequence um, that involves a music festival and a tracker, and it's one of the worst things I've seen. <laughs> Controversial in scene, definitely. I might just release my top 50 list later, because everything on this thing I would recommend. Do you want to do a um, round robin? Because you sent it to me. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> just read them. <laughs> Jumanji's on there, The Big Sick as well, one of the best rom-coms. I want to see that very, very long time. much, because I love Kamel Nanjiani. Mm, so yeah. Um, Atomic Blonde, really good action film. Mm, it's okay. Uh, I Calls, like a Batman film, uh, Wonder. It shows up. I want to give honourable mentions to It because mm-hmm. it's... Um, as you mentioned, it wasn't scary. I didn't no. find it scary at all. Um, but it was tense and mm. all the performances were really, really good for the most part. Visually, there were a couple weird moments uh, and they left out a lot of stuff like that I would have clan? liked to see. <laughs> Yeah, just like weird CGI moments that mm. I guess are meant to feel weird. Um, but aside from that, it was really good and so much better than that Tim Curry <laughs> miniseries, oh, which a lot of people love, but I yeah. kind of put that in the class of a comedy. Cause I haven't seen either, but I would love that one for Tim Curry and probably not much else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what else? I guess Thor Ragnarok, that doesn't show up in my list. A lot of superhero yeah. films, there's only really two... Uh, or three out of the six that came out in my list. So Thor isn't there. Justice League isn't even in my top 50. Um, And Wonder Woman, uh, I I like. I've seen it the most out of all the superhero films this year. But I don't know. I I can't get past the final action sequence. Steve Trevor as well. I don't like his character at all in the comics. So that makes sense as to why. Um, Yeah, even when Nathan Fillion played him in the animated series, I just, I don't know why. I just find him really annoying. Oh. so yeah, I guess that's all my honourable mentions. Uh, and unlike my previous couple lists uh, for the end of year wrap ups, um, I have seen everything I wanted to see this year, aside from oh, good. Brigsby Bear and Killing of the Sacred Deer, um, which Ooh. I'm going to watch soon. 
Um, but aside from that, I've seen everything that I wanted to see. So that's incredibly rare. So I just wanted to put that out as to why some <laughs> films might be a bit lower in the list as yeah. some people might like. Uh, but it's a list. Could I also You're more just than welcome ask, to disagree. Yep. <clears throat> why did you bother seeing Cars 3, Transformers The Last <laughs> oh. Night, and XXX Return of Xander Cage? <laughs> I didn't finish XXX Return of Xander Cage. Um, Transformers I saw because the idea is so stupid I had to see it. It's like, it's... <laughs> It's really bad. That was, it's really that was my bad point of view film. with dinosaur robot transformer whatsies. Yeah, it's the worst one out of all of them. Um, I'll say something, but it is. which is sad because I love Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, cool. All right, I'll get into the top fifteen then. Uh, number uh, number fifteen is kind of a tie. Yeah, cheating. I'll yeah. just give honorable mentions to To the Bone, which I watched last night, which deals with um, younger anorexic people. It's really, really good. Oh. But there are some decisions they make in the oh. second half. Um, no more the third the, the third act with the male character that's really forced really cliched um, pandering to their I guess young adult audience but aside from that I thought it was incredible and everyone needs to watch it it's a brilliant Ooh, film I've heard of it um, with the best yeah it's really I, I, I think it's a Netflix original um, ah okay yeah I think I've seen it yeah. advertised on there mm. but anyway uh, number 15 has got to go to a film oh. called Colossal uh, Anne Hathaway, oh. best Anne Hathaway performance I've seen in a very long time. It's Quite her good. as uh, this character called Gloria. Um, she's a bit of an alcoholic as well, and suddenly discovers the fact that she's linked to this monster on the other side of the world. And it's this really cool, I guess, monster movie. The monster side of things isn't really fleshed out because it is a it is a metaphor um yeah. for like alcoholism and and those kind mm. of addictive personalities every character in it has got some sort of um addiction that they are dealing with and um it's just it's about them you know it's all a metaphor of them destroying everything that's around them it's quite sad um it's quite sweet as well uh, my only thing is the dialogue's really weird. <laughs> the dialogue doesn't yeah, ever really yeah. sit right, aside from Anne Hathaway's character. Um, but yeah, it's the best thing I've seen her in since Lame is. Uh, she's brilliant in this. Uh, 14. Uh, another Netflix original. Uh, the One of four Stephen King adaptations that came out this year. Wow. Um, all of which <clears throat> I really enjoyed, aside from Dark Tower. Uh, but this one's clearly the best. It's Gerald's Game. Oh, okay. No, it's based off probably the worst, one of the worst Stephen King novels, but they turn <laughs> it into a really chilling, just horrifying film. Is uh, that the one... Oh, I think I saw the trailer for it. Does one of them get paralysed or something, or am I really misremembering um, that? Basically, uh, yeah, it's this couple, um, they're trying to you know spark up their romance again, and they go to... Yeah. This uh, kind of quiet house away from everything, and then oh, that's it. She's just handcuffed to the stuff bed. happens, and she <laughs> has to escape from yeah handcuffs on the bed. And it's um, it's the be- performance wise, it's incredible all the way through. Um, hmm. It blends a lot of different genres as well. I wasn't expecting anything supernatural in this, but they bring across some supernatural elements that are incredible and so well like melded in there. Um, it's great. It's a performance piece. It's it's quite um, chilling, quite disturbing at times. And and the scene where she escapes is, uh, I mean, it made people pass out um, when they were watching it. So oh, wow. that goes to show it's very wow. it's very graphic, but it doesn't really like relish in the gore. The gore is there, and it's a part of the film, but it doesn't ever, Good. you know, relish in it. Um, very similar to Green Room from last year. That's when it's done yeah. right. 
Um, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Number 13, uh, another slightly more, I guess, independent art housey film, uh, A Ghost Story. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. It's Casey Affleck and Rooney Ma. Um, basically, Casey Affleck dies uh, straight from the start of the film and wakes up. Um, I don't even think it's him playing the character, but he wakes up uh, as a ghost um, <laughs> in the sense of a ghost uh, in like the classic kind of Halloween uh, 1930s, like the sheet over you with the eyes cut out. It's kind of funny <laughs> at first, but this film is not funny at all. This film is um, really emotional. Uh, it's one of the most intimate um, experiences I've had watching a film in a very long time. Uh, Rooney Mara is incredible. Um, there's I mean, this that's scene. just Rooney Mara. She's <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Um, but this is probably her best one. There is like oh, no wow. dialogue in this film at all. Oh, um, so everything is through facial expressions. There's one scene where um, she's just coping with the loss of her husband and basically eats an entire cake for seven minutes. That's a scene in the film. And it's... <laughs> My kind of girl. It's great. It's yeah. really great. Makes me hungry. Um, I can't recommend this film enough. It, I can see why someone would think it's pretentious, but, mm. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I can see why you'd think that and wouldn't want to watch it. Um, but, yeah, no, that absolutely floored me. Mm. Um, um, I should also mention that everything in my list, even though... One of them I have rated one thumb up in the past on the podcast. I have rewatched re- re- it. Everything in my top 15 gets two thumbs up. I'm just going to say that. That's our rating system, Adam. Yeah. yeah. All right, number 12. Uh, you mentioned it before. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume mm. 2. Next to Wonder Woman, my uh, second most rewatched film of the year. Mm. Um, uh, as you mentioned, everyone in this film is great. Mm. Um, it's one of Chris Pine's... Not Chris Pine. Chris Pine's <laughs> You're so good at you recognise him. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of his best performances in a long time. The um, Gamora and Nebula relationship is really explored in this film, which is something that I kind of felt was missing from the first one. They really delve into that. It's it's quite good. That's my biggest criticism of the first one. That whole scene where they're together felt so tacked on (laughs) just because they had to include Thanos and say, remember, this is part of a cinematic universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. Um, uh, Everything with Baby Groot as well. I was really worried about Baby Groot going into this film because um, I thought it's going to be the minion character of the year but no that's Paul's uh, yeah. and even then that's not a bad thing Paul's are, are great yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we said that exactly in Sigden that was fantastic we did. <laughs> um, and Baby Groot is amazing as well uh, yeah Guardians is um, is really good I think the only yeah. reason it's lower in my list uh, is because rewatchability I have seen it a couple times and it does not it doesn't necessarily get better every time I watch it which is a bit weird compared mm. to all the other um, Marvel films of the year especially uh, the first one uh, number 11, The Disaster Artist. <laughs> oh, I want to see okay. that. <laughs> yeah, the film about the making of uh, the worst film of all time, The Room. It's also one of the best films of all time. Hmm. Um, I don't know how, but they turn... <laughs> they turn Tell me why so likeable. They turn the biopic <laughs> about this film that is such a stupid comedy with some of the silliest characters of all time who are real people, but that's actually how they act. Um, <laughs> it turns it into a really sweet emotional story where you kind of feel bad for Tommy Wiseau. Um, the same with Greg. Everything about this film is really, really well done. It's shot um, like a stage play as well. It's shot in this way in which it's, it's just really long scenes with just just dialogue, joke after joke, but like <laughs> tense dialogue as well. Um, 
I yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Mm. You don't have to watch The Room to enjoy it. Um, I would recommend watching The Room just in general. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. But Please have your therapist on hold when you're watching The Room. Oh, really? <laughs> Uh, number 10 then Blade Runner 2049 yep. um, uh, we reviewed it a couple months back and I said I wasn't going to rewatch it but I did <laughs> and, much better uh, second viewing it, I thought yeah yeah it very quickly went from a one thumb up to two thumbs up it's still got it's flaws but um, I think just a lot of the flaws are just flaws that the just flaws in the universe in general like the female characters mm. aren't particularly great but at yeah. the same time that's what they established in the first one yeah but, you know they probably should have written better female characters Joey's pretty good though um, they try they yeah. do try yeah yeah and the entire cast is great aside from Jared Leto uh, who, who <laughs> no <laughs> film's great it's visually stunning soundtrack as well I think probably soundtrack of the year mm. um, I, it was Hans yeah. Zimmer wasn't it yeah late um, a late day yeah. replacement wasn't it mm. yes yeah yeah not surprised um, um, I would probably say it's better than the first one as well. A bit controversial, you know, but uh, the first one is a very... F- the first one's a flawed masterpiece, whereas I would say this is a less flawed masterpiece. <laughs> if you were um, controversial, I haven't seen the first one. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. <laughs> Number nine, then, uh, goes to Logan. Mm. Um, the, f- the Wolverine film we've been waiting for since... When did the first one come out? Like, 1999 or something. Um, yeah. It's... <laughs> brilliant his final um Hugh Jackman's final performance as his character who has maybe. had a rough time you know yeah maybe as well he's thinking about coming back um uh but he has had a rough time I mean the first three X-Men films well of course the third one's the worst one but um the first two are really good but they, they never mm. really it's the very um archetype version of Wolverine where you know he's angry sometimes but he's also quite nice and everything um, and then they tried to do the solo films, the first one of which was really bad. Second one, the first half was good. Second half was really oh, weird. no, I just remembered everything in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but this one does a, does a great job at showing a quite broken character. It's not yeah. really set in the canon of the universe either. There are moments where, where it is. There are moments where they kind of say everything that happened in the original X-Men films is a comic book. That was a bit weird, mm-hmm. but... That's quite um, I saw that in the trailer. The retelling <laughs> yeah. of real events, yeah. We're going to miss Hugh Jackman unless he's back. Um, who <laughs> yeah. knows what's going to happen there. I bet uh, you, actually, X- the more he keeps saying he's not going to be, the more I bet he's filming right now and he's trying to <laughs> cover it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Um, and, uh, and X-23 was fantastic as well yeah, um, was. a character who I have loved for a very long time and it's great yeah. to see her portrayed a much younger version of the character um, but I think which means they're setting up future films <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that, well, well there was one in works but um, I don't know what's happening with it now with the, with the whole Disney buyout but uh, we'll yeah. have to see mm. number 8 is a film that I was considering whether or not to cut on my list um, but then mm. I, ju- I just came to the decision it's, it's just one uh, of the best films of the year and what it is. there is one p- performance that does tarnish it because it's a great performance and it's a good character but turns out the actor's not a very good person uh, it's Baby Driver uh, and you can't not say that it's a great film because everything about this film is good even the performance from the guy who turns out to be uh, I've said it a couple times I still like with him in House of Cards he's very much playing who he is in real life it turns out it, yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas with this he's playing a much nicer character so in terms of rewatching, I don't necessarily think I'm going to watch it in the next couple years again I've only seen it once but uh, yeah no 
it's really good the mm. best soundtrack of the year I'd say uh, and definitely <laughs> check it out number seven then uh, goes to Wind River it's the same director as Hell or High Water which came in my list last year really really good film uh, oh, the Chris Pine one didn't mm. like yes <laughs> <laughs> um, this is his follow up to that it stars Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner in uh, two of the best performances I've ever oh. given and their chemistry worked really really well I wasn't sure about them going into it because they don't really have much to do in the in the Marvel universe they don't really <laughs> interact let's correct that oh. Jeremy Renner doesn't have much to do in the Marvel universe. That's true. <laughs> um, so this film is set in the American Indian re- Reservation uh, in Wyoming. Mm. It's quite snowy, quite cold. Um, uh, basically, Jeremy Renner's character finds this uh, this dead girl, and it's kind of a murder mystery. It's not really about the whole murder mystery side of things, though. It's about characters dealing with a death in the, in the family essentially as well as showing the harsh realities of you know these American Indian res- reservations it's really hard to live there and this Ooh. is one of the first films that I've ever seen um, that really shows that it's quite a cold film to watch as well you feel cold when you're watching this which is a, which hmm. is a very good effort um, John Burtonall is also in it who was of course the Punisher yeah. uh, and he is fantastic in this one scene uh, okay number six Star Wars Episode Eight: Last Jedi. Oh. Um, yeah, not film of the year. It's very close up there, though. Yeah. As I said, everything in top fifteen, I would give the highest rating for the podcast. You're um, very close in your summation of that too. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, yeah, really, really, really good movie. What can I say that hasn't been said already? <laughs> uh, yes, Ray. Virtually Ray is the best character um, yeah. of yeah. all time. Oh, the best well, main Daisy character Ridley of Star Wars. Is amazing. Yeah, well, because like a lot. You know, feel free to disagree, of course. You know, Luke Skywalker as a main character is kind of useless. <laughs> Bit weak, In the yeah. sense of that he's... He's definitely a strong character, but he's a character that works well with... He's the audience's vehicle to get into the universe. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Somebody else said it, it's like Harry Potter. You go to school with Harry Potter. It's like... Um, it's a, a classic hero thing mm. where they need training in a different world. Yeah. Um, whereas with Ray, you very much get the sense that she's more refined than than Luke straight from the get-go, and that continues with this. Mm. She's got a little bit of training, but to be honest, I thought she was more training Luke rather than Luke was training her for the yeah, majority yeah, um, of their scenes together. Um, well, that's the great thing about it. Luke became so cynical because of tragedies in his life but she's got this hope which I feel like just comes from a, a younger generation and it was they both learned from each other that Ray learnt you can't put people up on a pedestal but I think she taught him you can't give up on people either yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely all the performances are really good um, Poe Dameron is one of the best characters of the Star Wars universe oh. as well oh um, yes <laughs> I think my issues with this are basically the fact that Ryan Johnson wrote this by himself that's where a lot of my issues stem from. I think if there were co-writers um, huh. and they cut down some stuff, I think it would have been better because my issues with this aren't really issues. They're just, I guess, wasted opportunities in my eyes. Like, everything with Canto Blight could have been better um, if it wasn't so kind of slapstick, if it wasn't so weird. If it, didn't, yeah. it felt like that scene was kind of pushing a political agenda that wasn't really <laughs> like it was a bit weird it, it didn't really make sense huh. um everything with the reason as to why 
the rebels are on the run for the empire as well is kind of pushing it a little bit yeah no can they really not jump in front of them and get yeah i don't know but yeah, yeah it doesn't really make sense but you know oh right yeah that um I'm desperately looking for some more character for Hux, um, and I think I've come up with one. He's just posturing. He he knows that they can outlast the uh, fuel supply for the rebels, so they're just continuing their fire to look all big and scary. And as soon as they stop, their um, shots will start having more of an effect on their shields because they mentioned that at this rate we can keep firing, but it's not going to do much to the mm. shields. But if they did stop and didn't turn around and fly right into them, mm. <laughs> eventually they'd just deplete the shields and then obliterate the ships it's just him going look at me i'm a powerful man and like i'm in a powerful position and that's adding a bit more character to him because to be honest i'm loving donald gleason in the mm. role he's great he's one of my favorite actors but the part is pretty crap <laughs> um, yeah, just he's to be thrown around. yeah better in this one than he was in the force awakens by a long shot but yeah. Mm, yeah 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 and that's actually really funny you mentioned that about ryan johnson i really liked this more than The Force Awakens because it felt more like a story that was thought out straight to the point as opposed to and I love this about The Force Awakens a whole lot of fans getting together going let's throw this in let's throw that in let's make Mm. let's take the Death Star and then put in a 50 times bigger one and (laughs) stuff like that and they're great moments I genuinely love The Force Awakens it's one of my favourite films ever really let alone Star Wars films it just feels so good it gives me hope and joy and that's something yeah. that I want all the time but this was a proper story yeah I don't know yeah. um, I think my other thing is yeah just Finn's line as well kind of drag the film out a little bit you could have cut it because it doesn't really yeah. have a journey um, aside from uh, the new character who you also can cut I think because I don't really like where they're going with her for episode 9 but we'll have to wait yeah. and see um, but yeah. it's about him not <laughs> running away isn't it anymore it's about him coming back mm. and f- fighting the good fight yeah. rather than just being there. I think the biggest thing it suffers from is that race with those horse type creatures is basically it's pod race. Basically. <laughs> and it's running, that's the only part of Canto Bite I didn't like, is running through, there was too much slapstick destroying the place, as much as yeah. I get the point that it made Rose feel better, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. you could have the you can have the rich people in their environment and then imply that they escaped and destroyed it, and then it would somehow notched the, the film up a bit better yeah you know. maybe yeah I don't know yeah um, but all in all it was it was great yeah all in all it was very good um, mm. yeah I would say it's probably my third favourite probably on par with Force Awakens I think I enjoy them both as much yeah uh, pretty very equally different. very different yeah it is very different and I'm really interested to see what episode 9 is going to be like but I will have to wait and see for that one in the meantime, number five then goes to a film that was incredibly divisive. Uh, mm. A lot of critics the love it, a lot of critics hate it, a lot of audiences love it. Most of them hated it. I, uh, I love this film mm. all the way through. Mm. It's got some of the best performances of the year, the best camera work of the year. It, uh, it goes to the new Darren Aronofsky film, Mother, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier yeah. Bardem. Um, ah. incre- incredible movie. Uh, yeah. I, that, that's all I'm going to say. Just go into this knowing absolutely nothing about it. Don't watch yep. the trailers because they kind of make you think it's going to be a horror. It's not. It's not really anything. It's not. <laughs> it's there's weird. no genre. <laughs> uh, that's what the critics had a problem with. I, I think. guess it's psychological. <laughs> a lot yeah. of the critics, and I can see where they're coming from. Um, one thing about this film that kind of confuses me, but I also love about it, is that if you go into this knowing what a lot of the imagery is knowing what the film is basically about, you're going to be offended, basically, if you know 
um, what's happening, it's probably going to offend you. But if you don't know what's happening, um, hmm. yeah, it's a weird type of film in which it's not really made for anyone. I don't really know what the audience was, and that's kind of why I love it. And it's what it's Jennifer Lawrence's best performance I've seen. Um, to date the entire film basically follows her point of view so she's never not in the scene uh, and it's really mm. it's really good yeah. number four it. then uh, Spider-Man Homecoming uh-huh. number four perfect <laughs> perfect movie um, all the way through absolute so, so much fun finally a Spider-Man film that captures the feeling um, of reading the, the original comics my thing with a lot of the others even though I you know I defend Andrew Garfield um, even yep. though I defend Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah. I, he yeah. was a great deal. Um, yeah. the, those five original films are good. I defend Spider-Man 3. I don't know why. I kind of have fun with it. Um, uh, mm. Whereas this one, though, is a very pure Spider-Man film. Um, it's also the best villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's mm. one thing I did want to mention about 2017 for Marvel films. Um, two out of the three films had really, really good villains. Uh, and that is Guardians mm. and Spider-Man. Hella was mm. just evil for the sake of being evil. That's fine. Yeah. It worked. For, it worked for the story, but I kind of wanted a bit more. Also, it's Thor, so you know you can. Well, she is the goddess of death, as she said in that <laughs> kind of voice. <laughs> yeah, um, but Michael Keaton in this uh, probably better than Loki, in my opinion. He's incredible. Um, mm. He's also not really a bad guy. You get where he's coming from. You sympathise with him, yep. uh, and everything about this film is great, and it's. It's also really good for everyone. It's a, it's a fun, family-friendly movie. Um, uh, more so than... Okay, uh, i got to go watch it now. Which has been the one that a lot of people... <laughs> yeah. Number three, though, a masterclass in filmmaking goes to Get Out. Uh, uh, I originally saw this, and yeah, it was a bit lower on my list originally the first time I saw it, but I rewatched it a couple of days ago. Um, no, a couple of weeks ago now, actually. And this is... Yeah, it's a masterclass in filmmaking and writing. Uh, it's so clever when you rewatch it you just it, it can't it does kind of turn into a comedy because there's so much foreshadowing that it's yeah, hilarious yeah. I've actually seen it once um, to catch it again yeah. yeah it's really really good um, it also means a bunch of different things like you can the same with Mother it, like it kind of means something to something different to everyone like you can you can probably find 10 different meanings behind the film at what it's trying to portray mm. uh, all the performances are incredible as well I can't recommend yeah. Get Out enough it's it's also a comedy you know it's also yeah. quite funny yeah. as well. of course it is it's got Jordan Peele as the director um, number two then uh, what could be better than Get Out a film that technically came out 2016 uh, but we got it in March in Australia <laughs> Um, which technically won the Oscar. <laughs> which technically did win the Oscar. It's incredible. The Moonlight. I can't fault it. Um, if it's less a film, more of more a work of art. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't fault it at all. It's everything about this film is great. Everything about it's good. And I just that's mm. that's my review. Just watch it. It's great. Uh, yeah, it, I haven't it deserved it the Oscar. Yeah, yeah, no, really good stuff. And then number one. Uh, has to go to a film that I was expect- expecting to be good, but not that good. Um, only because while it's the finale in a trilogy and the first two films were really enjoyable, but they were lacking um, a couple different elements, whereas this th- this third and final instalment brought it all together. Uh, the moment I saw it, when it finished, I went, that's it. I've, I'm pretty sure that's the best film of the year. It goes mm. to war for the Planet of the Apes. Um, I'm... Yeah 
it's I just everything about it. It starts off with one of the best action sequences of the year. Um, Andy Circus as well brings a yeah. character that really that, that really shouldn't work. nothing about war for the planet of the apes should work but it does and it works really really well you do feel uh, um, emotionally attached to CGI apes Um, uh, they introduce uh, some comedic elements into this one which were missing uh, from the second one the the second one was quite bleak um, and they introduced characters kind of uh, to help fight that and Mm. it might not work for some people it really works for me Um, and Woody Harrelson as well uh, fantastic Mm. stuff from him yeah yeah. Um, yeah, that's and that's my list. Yeah. Fairly long one, but yeah, a lot of really good films. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to this year too. I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure. Can it can it compete with 2017? I'm not sure it can. Uh, I don't know. Um, it, like I said at the start, we're getting a lot of the Oscar stuff <laughs> here. Yeah, I just saw three billboards the other yeah. day. Another Woody Harrelson, very very good. Yeah. Mm, yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that one's great as well. Lady Bird as well. Um, which I'm really looking forward yes, to. Yes, I'm so looking forward to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think for 2018, because like for me, 2017 was really good for a lot of the smaller, more character-focused films. I think 2018 is going to be the year for blockbusters. Um, but looking forward to, to 2018 because there's a lot of really good blockbusters. Uh, I mean, mm. we're getting Black Panther I mean, next like, month. You know. You know the freaking Avengers, yeah, the <laughs> biggest film of all time, Avengers: Infinity War, uh, <laughs> Part One. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun year. We're we're also getting oh, yeah. the bump the Bumblebee the movie. <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind. Well, that uh, Transformers could be good. Oh, <laughs> uh, Michael Bay's on the board. Yeah, it's also set in the eighties, oh, yeah. so who knows? Could go either way. Yeah, but that's our list. Um, What's what's your list, dear listener? Uh, you 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 let us know. Feedback.net out at gmail.com is our email address, or just message the Facebook page. Uh, all those links are in the description. And that's it. All that's left to say is thank you to Reese and Adam for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We'll uh, definitely do this again next year. Uh, but until yeah. then, make sure you net out. <laughs> <laughs>